I saw the Jumanji movie <laughs> right. from this past year. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. I they like they the know what they're making. They do, man. Yeah, they do. Have you seen it? Uh, no, but I've seen the other one. Like, so not the new one that's just come out. Right. But the, the other Welcome one. Welcome to the Jungle yeah. from 2017, I think. Yeah. Just checking over. Oh, so I just watched on the weekend Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah? Yeah, I hit it. I hit it. I had memories of it and I just wanted to see it again. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was a classic. Like, I didn't. But. Steve did you, Martin and. Steve, yeah, Steve Martin and. Um, super famous British. Uh, is James Bond's. Uh, oh, no, sorry, is. Oh, Batman's. Uh, Alfred. Wait, not John Cleese. No. Um, um, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. Okay. And um, it's recently been remained, and I didn't realize. So I saw. Oh, did they really? I saw Dirty Rotten Scoundrels about a year ago, and it was called The Hustle. Oh, like, I saw The Hustle. It is a direct remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with gender flip. Okay, The Hustle is the one with Melissa McCarthy and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway is it Melissa McCarthy? Isn't it? I thought it was like um. Oh, maybe it's not Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. That sounds right. Mm. Yeah. I watched that one, and I just kind of found it to be disposable. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really funny, the gender flip on it, because I'm not actually all that anti all of that. I quite enjoy, like, just reimaginings of things and sure. stuff like so. But they, they made them likable-ish in the hustle okay. and it killed it a bit because okay. the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels they are the bad guys and you're following them and they're they're taking advantage of quite likable people okay I and, feel like I've seen this movie Dirty uh, Rotten Scoundrels maybe once when I was a kid but yeah and that's why I watched it just because I hadn't seen it and um there's a bit where he's pretending to be like special needs Okay. Wait, who's Michael Caine or Steve, Steve Martin? Martin. Okay. Yeah, and he's smashing vases, and it just cracked me up. That was the basically the image I needed to get. <laughs> That's gonna be a fun scene to shoot. Yeah, he's just trashing things. But he's doing it like, like, like a cat would do it, like going up okay. and just gently pushing it off the shelf, <laughs> like a little bit yeah. at a time. Yeah. So I, anyway, that's <laughs> one I watched. Sorry, yeah, that was I have watched something. Yeah. All right, on. Yeah, I uh, so I, yeah, I think the one since we yeah. last spoke was Jumanji, which I like yeah. those movies. It does something with the you know the character swap thing. It takes that to another level. Oh yeah, and there's more characters, and uh, also Danny DeVito and oh, Danny no. Glover. Oh my show god, up. sweet! And like I could just watch those two oh, argue yeah. with each other. It's great. So I yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay, great. Uh, we also this was a. Um, not real well like a week or two ago Megs and I watched The Stranger which is on Netflix now oh, I don't know on our friend's recommendation who is a like a real true crime fan and okay. into, this is not a true crime thing but it's a like a crime mystery it's adapted from a 
want to say Harlan Corbin novel. I don't know who this person is, but he's got a couple of other series out there. And um, it's really, really interesting for a few episodes. And then it really just kind of keeps hitting the same thing over and over again. And it does that. I don't know. I, I thought it, mm, I'm trying to qualify this. I got a recommendation from somebody whose opinion I really respect. Yeah. So when the thing started and the very obvious bad guy is very obvious, I was like, well, that's not the bad guy because this is a good thing and that's yeah. a clear red herring. No. It's uh, just very obvious bad guy is bad guy. And, uh, you know, I'm okay. really, really disappointed that, by the ending of it. That's a very disappointing experience. Yeah, especially for, I think it's eight episodes. Oh, sh- Jesus. Right. Okay. And I had this inkling, episode two... I was like, if I don't get an answer about this wife, like, next episode, I'm concerned about where we're heading. And then they just keep dragging it out and dragging it out. And that's... Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Is that just a reference to the fact that there's, like, 8,000 episodes of Dragon Ball Z? Or is no, that just no. wordplay on the word dragging? <laughs> Dragon Ball Z is when they would, like, have something about to happen... And then you'd watch three episodes oh. to wait for the thing to happen. And like the whole time they're just like floating in the sky yelling at each other yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's that a classic, lot of that. like, I'm going to throw this fireball. And then you have to watch like, wait for like a month to watch. Yes. <laughs> I then, only ever watched Dragon Ball Z like on DVD oh, or, okay. you know. And, I saw it on television and you were waiting a month to see the thing happen. Yeah. Brutal. I'm not a big Z guy, but I no, 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 neither was I. I actually, I actually only watched like a bit. Yeah, but just the bit I watched just was exactly quintessential. Lit. So. That was my memory also. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. So that's quick. What I've been seeing. Yeah, that's quick. What I've been seeing. Let's talk. Yeah. About let's it. go. Let's go for it, man. Okay. So I still hold up to the fact that I think I understand the film. I, like, I agree with you. Uh, sorry. People talk about the film like they don't understand it. But I must be either missing something. But I quite... Okay. okay. Can, I, I, can I tell you my theory? Yes. Of course. No, James. I'm not interested. No, is, is that... Because I can be quite wrong. No, tell like, me. Okay. The whole movie set in the tangent universe. He the is, entire movie. Mostly. Like, apart from the, like, the last frames... Okay. The split happens at the start with the jet engine. The universe splits itself in two. Mm-hmm. The universe can't withstand being split in two right. and it will destroy itself right. within like a few weeks. So now the universe is trying to fix itself. Right. The universe manipulates a dead person, being the guy who got shot in the eye. Oh, and the the universe manipulates a living person, and basically the like, the time arrow of the of the jet engine goes through time, and lands in the house. The universe goes. I can't deal with the split. I need, I need these things resolved. I need the dead person to a thing. I need the airplane to be over my your house. I need all of these things to be resolved because the paradoxes will rip it apart. I, I think that's all there. I And upon this viewing, I want to retract my previous statement. Like oh. it, it, I feel like it's all incredibly overt. It goes yeah. so far as to actually write it out in words on screen. It's yeah. telling us exactly what's happening yeah. there. The reservation that I still have, and it's the problem, it, it, it does feel inherent with time loop movies, 
is that this problem doesn't exist unless this problem exists. Yeah. And so like there's no reason for the universe to throw to to create this tangent. No, no, no. so the tangent is created and the ta- the universe seals it back up. So I all we're seeing that. No, no, I I think the tangent happens outside of the universe's if like I think it's an accident or something went wrong and then it's but, sealing itself up. Yeah, and, and again, that's why they're called loops, which I guess is just kind of the nature of it. But it's like the the mechanism. Oh, I don't see it as a loop anymore. Oh, interesting. So I okay. think it's cleaned. Basically, when the air, when the jet engine falls on him, that's it sealing the loop because all the pieces are now in the right place. But apart, like the, the pieces only got to the wrong place by taking him away from the jet engine. Uh, I think... Right? No, because I feel like the jet engine... So the jet engine is in the wrong place, but the universe had to do something in order to deal with that. So the jet engine is 30 days out of time. So the 31st or the 30th, the airplane crashes into its own paradox... So basically, the the black tube is the jet engine's timeline, and the plane crashes into it. And then, like, so I'm like, but then because the jet engine has now landed and doesn't have the the path again because it's it, it's all the other paths are sorted, the universe isn't tearing itself apart, which means the plane won't crash into the universe, falling it's pulling itself <laughs> apart. So it kind of seals itself up. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm satisfied with all of this. I like I, all of it, but it, I, I don't see how that keeps us out of a loop. I don't okay. see how that like puts okay. us into a linear trajectory. I, I think we're we end up coming back to that place because he had to kill the dead guy, right, Frank, Frank, and he had to, yeah, just. Uh, get the book, travel with the lines, get the letter to Roberta Sparrow. Right. Like, she was the one waiting for the... Yeah, I didn't realize that until this viewing. I was like, oh, she's waiting for his letter because she knows how this ends. Yeah. Got so it. she's waiting for the last yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's probably been waiting since she wrote that book, right? Yeah, because something she... split in her timeline a long time That's right. Ago. And it was... And, and it closed. Right. And then it was just waiting for the next one, which she knew about... Because of something else. Okay. Um, anyway, regardless of all of that, which I actually thoroughly enjoy, I, like even if it doesn't necessarily work perfectly, I just think it, it takes me on a journey. I, th- I think and it I think, works. I want to be clear. Yeah. I really think it works. It, yeah. And it does. I was satisfied with it. Yeah, my only hem and haw here is that it, it, it is just a loop. And that's fine. The um, audio design I is, have that here is my well. number one. It's incredible. Like, like whole way through the film... The songs, the atmosphere, the, the soundtrack is incredible, and the but the sound the drawing the... out of the film. So like slow, slow scenes have like a subtle build up in audio, or like noises in the background that just amplify the tension or whatever you're seeing. But it's done really well. It's done really well. There some of the ambient score I find a little distracting at points, and it feels a bit like. Like a first film, really? Yeah, especially in the psychiatrist office. Oh, okay. Really no, I, I was just thinking like the parents 
having dinner with Donnie it was like perfect there was this hum where the kid couldn't focus mm-hmm. and there was a hum like when you can't focus and totally. then there were just like these like interjecting notes every now and then but it was just you still heard what the, the parents were saying everything was still there but you just had the feeling of I'm having trouble following yeah. this like you know and I thought yeah. that was clever I thought that they they I think it works incredibly well most of the time. Yeah. I think there are a few instances where I would dial it down like yeah. 10%, maybe, maybe 15, but like not much more than that. It's just Fair like, enough. And that's like a, a, you know, not even a criticism worth levying, really. But since you brought it up, I yeah. was really uh, struck by the sound design of the fire. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, the the boom of the the yeah. knife and the glass it all it sounds mm. amazing and the soundtrack is incredible and the score is beautiful yeah I was really into that I want to circle back to the oh, I don't know maybe maybe we'll <laughs> circle back to the time loop at the end yeah. which would be appropriate for this movie the, um, visual like echoes are really nice throughout the whole film yeah where like the the stabbing of the mirror over the eye, over the eye. and then he removes the helmet helmet and remove and shows the wounded eye yeah. and you start thinking that time's going that way that he's hurt him by stabbing the mirror oh, and then or you know like you could see how sure, that sure, sure. and then and then as it goes on you realize that it's not the knife wound it's a bullet but he's still the one who does it yeah He's and the, the one who shoots him in the eye, and like I also like the visual symmetry of the the diagrams in Roberta Roberta Sparrow yeah. in Sparrow's book of you know the tubes coming out of the chest, and they're kind of anatomical models, and they're very skeletal. Yeah, and then by the end, Donnie's dressed as a skeleton, yeah. following his fate around yeah. this movie, and he's the only at that point he's the only tube that's not visualized. And then this is something, because, you know, the party scene where everybody's following their tubes. And this is something that struck me this time also, is that those tubes really reminded me of the way that... Have you read Slaughterhouse-Five? No. It's a wild book. And actually, it's kind of... I have a bigger question about it, which is like, maybe... Is that kind of a proto-cyberpunk thing? Because it, it takes place largely in World War II, but then... It also takes place in space where, like, this guy gets kidnapped by aliens to go live in a human zoo. <laughs> but, so, anyways, he the aliens describe their version of time to Billy Pilgrim, the main character in this book. And they say that they view humans as, like, this long centipede. Uh... And the very beginning of us is an infant. And, like, the very end of us is this old man. And we're, like, all of these oh, things at right. once. Four-dimensional yeah. existence. So yeah. That, that tube thing just felt evocative of mm. that. Well, that is what it's saying, right? It's yeah. saying this is your... This You're going to you, follow you that extending, path. You, you extend throughout all of this. Yeah. Your, every experience of you is yeah. all at once. Yeah. Four dimensions. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's cool. Like, I, it's really good fun. I, I think, like, it evokes the, like, um, you know, when you're a teenager and you get into, like, reading Nietzsche and, like, all of these things, that's what the movie feels like. It's got that feeling of, like... It definitely does. Like, I don't know. Like, the... Well, yeah. the, so this, like, the cellar door thing. Yeah. It is a clue to this movie. It helps solve the thing. But it also feels like, oh, he you know, read that article by that linguist and just was kind of fascinated by yeah. that. 
And then I, after he said it, I'm just like saying it to myself. Cellar door, cellar door. Oh, it is really pretty. But it's clever, right? Like It's very clever. It's very tightly done. And again, I, I do think it's just all right there. I guess I have a lot of questions that sort of do relate to the time loop. And I, I guess we'll go through them. But there are some other themes that I saw here that I didn't necessarily respond to as strongly the first time I saw this movie or the last time I saw this movie. Okay. So there's this real sort of like a critique of an American exceptionalism, I think, happening here. It doesn't dominate the movie, but it pops up in some strange places. Like, it's definitely happening at the beginning, right, with the Dukakis stuff. Yeah. But then when Drew Barrymore gets fired, do you notice that she takes the American flag with her in her box? Yeah. It's, and it's like a pretty big flag. It clearly is a part of the classroom. So, and I don't think she brought that with her. No, yeah. She, she's taking it. And the reason she got fired is because she's, well, really good at her job, but asking children to question authority. Yeah. And so she, you know, loses her authority from that. Yeah. Because that's kind of the way that thing works. Um, and then also, when the, it happens at the beginning and the end with the uh, turbine, the jet engine. The, the sound design at that point is a really distorted version of the American National Anthem. Oh, yeah, yeah, through static. Yeah. It's like the... Oh, yeah, I was... So that one, I was going to ask, because I didn't grow up there, at the end of television for the night, did they play... Yes, but... In the 80s, did they play the... Because the, I was trying to think, like, an untuned channel playing the final signal of television before they shut down for the night and then they wake up again at seven or whatever. Right. You know, like when television used to right. turn off. Right, and then they put just the bars up. Yeah, but it was a very, like, if that isn't a thing, then that's a really weird thing to add in. It definitely was a thing. Okay. And I don't know when it stopped being a thing. Yeah. By the time I was conscious, yeah, it was no longer yeah. a thing. But I have memories of movies and mm. TV shows where that was a thing. Yeah. So it definitely happened. And maybe, you know, the 80s, and he's watching a static screen, so... Mm. But it's 88, I don't know. And they're upper, they're pretty wealthy. It seems like they probably had cable, but maybe that wasn't 24-hour programming back then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, questioning. But anyway, like I... Watching it, it was very... You're right. Like, it was, it was striking when you're opening the movie and there's the really distorted... Yeah. National anthem through static, and obviously the sort of oh, the, the sorry, the soundtrack is really amazing. That's movie. incredible. Like the, the, the actual songs are just perfect for that film. Like, just... I, and I love all of those <laughs> yeah, songs yeah, yeah, so yeah. much. And the uh, actually uh, the there is a piano theme that repeats throughout the movie that's not part of the ambient score. And I believe it's a variation on Mad World. Oh, yeah. So they're kind of playing Mad World through a lot of the oh, movie. Yeah. Damn, is that just like one of the most beautiful songs? That was really good. I love that so That's much. Um, we asked it, I'll lighten it up a little bit. We asked this question a bunch during the movie, but what is that mascot? Oh, yeah. Do you have any <laughs> thoughts about what's happening there? The mongrel the, mascot, the bulldog. which is like a bulldog with human body. Yeah. And then he's got like some weapons by his hands or something. Or he's like maybe chained down? I don't know, yeah. I, that is so that is bizarre. not a mascot that actually exists no. anywhere. That's just 
No, that's insanity is yeah. what that is. And the fact that he <laughs> drives his... I wrote that down before they, they pulled it out in the movie, but, you know, putting an axe through solid bronze is, yeah. like, superhuman. Yeah. But, I but guess, that's quite cool as well. That's kind of what gave me the... He's, he's being driven, you know? Like, he's a... He's not... Like, he's not operating of his own... He's operating under the guidance of the right. universe because that's where the telepathy, tele, you know, like all of the right. bits come from. And I think that it's one of the the events that, that plants this firmly in the supernatural, right? right? Like Donnie's a troubled kid and I think there are some versions of this movie that would want to put this struggle more in his head. Mm. But I really like that there are ramifications in the world that other people are dealing with it's not just his delusion yeah like everybody saw the turbine come down nobody knows where it came from that axe is actually in Mm. that thing the school is flooded nobody can go there yeah those things happen and i I like that i like that the movie is creating consequences that it has to deal with but i also i feel a little a little robbed maybe because I wonder if if Donnie dies, does Patrick Swayze get know, away with it? I know. That was... That, I think that's true. That hurts, man. That oh. sucks. But he's also, in the final bits, breaking down. Yeah, but... No, but I'm meaning like I maybe... I that guy breaks down a lot uh, because he's a, you know... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I guess the world's not fucking perfect, though, no. right? But it's fucking dark. Because I... That was it, actually, watching this... It had been a long time since I'd seen this before. And about halfway through, I was like, wait, is this guy... Like, you know, I, I, I didn't have want... That I was memory. like, oh, shit, I don't want that. Like, you know, and then yeah. it comes up. You're like, wow, that's a real intense little, like, thing to just drop in there. But it was... Turns out he is the fucking Antichrist. Yeah. Which I, uh, I really appreciate when his when he's introduced uh, Swayze on the golf course. Yeah. He's being haloed by the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just right behind him. Uh, clever. Yeah, dug that. I like the director. I think uh, he's done the thing again where, like, my, my opinions on Southland Tales, of, of my opinions on Southland Tales of it being a second coming of Jesus story mm-hmm. is kind of reiterated here where this one is sort of the last temptation of Christ, and they even talk about yeah. the Scorsese last temptation of Christ. Well, the double screening. The double right? screening. And the last temptation of Christ was, what if you don't die? What would the world be like if you continue and do good things without dying? Hmm. And that's the last temptation. Hmm. And that's kind of what yeah. the Donnie yeah, story it's is. It's kind of like, with, hey, you're going to die, but here's one month to check out what it's like and you can decide to get back into bed or you can you can live this loop or you can get back in bed and clear the loop. Hmm. I think that's very astute. It'd be shocking if that wasn't what he but was like doing with this movie. Yeah, like in it's... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have pulled that together. Also, I haven't actually... Uh, Cinema Shame is that I haven't seen The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw it once a very long time ago and that's my understanding of it. But I'm also known... To misunderstand things a long time ago, so <laughs> that's how I one. But um, uh, yeah, we should watch that sometime. Yeah, we'll have to do a Scorsese it's, thing. It's uh, yeah, it comes up a bit. You okay. know, it's one of those films that it was kind of a what was it? 
video nasty or whatever they banned oh. it they banned it because it was sacrilegious at the time when people didn't allow movies to talk about I mean I knew it was super controversial but it's it was... not really like because it is actually like about it's about Jesus and the devil but it's about the book like it's not they, they make new bits and they go what if sure but it's not like saying he's not a bad person he's not doing I mean I just I think if you're doing anything with a biblical character that's not specifically biblical people are going to be upset about it yeah fuck those people anyway yeah I kind of took it as like a bringing it into the modern you know like I I didn't take it as sacrilegious at all like I just took it as hey modern day thought related to this have a think and then I, I guess that <laughs> I mean I'm with you on that <laughs> I think I that's guess. the right way to view art yeah but that's why maybe I don't know, yeah. there's a relationship between that perspective and me not being a religious person so yeah, you yeah. know yeah. Um, I'll shout out a couple of things that I really dug just so we can mm, bop down please. some stuff introductory sequence with head over heels yeah. you just it's like it's somehow not cheesy no it's so much fun but in a a lesser movie or a, a less apt director that would feel a little yeah. too punchy. Nose, yeah. yeah, but it's so satirized and so stylized, and the music's so good, and the camera movements are a lot of fun, and the choreography is incredible. So I really like that for the fact that the start of the film feels like a teenage movie. Totally. A little bit off kilter, but not a lot. And you're kind of just following along. And then it all goes absolutely off kilter with the like the bunny rabbit and right. the jet engine. You know, like all of that twists the film at that moment. But up until that moment, if you don't know what movie you're watching, it could just feel like you're watching like the precursor to American Pie or something. Like, you know, watching one of those. Totally. Kind of, like, well, even like throughout as a function of the plot, it... It is a coming-of-age movie, yeah, right? Yeah. It's him going through a high school experience, meeting a girl, falling in love, there's the big party at the end. Yeah, you're right. But you it know? doesn't... I like that, yeah, it, it has all those elements. And it even talks about them and embraces them, but it's not like the focus. No. I like that they go, yeah, yeah, that stuff. It's really, you know... Well, look, it's all happening. It's important, but it's not important. More important. This is more important right now, or something. You know, like absolutely. I think so. The this movie works really well as a narrative. It actually Mm. is really tidy, but it. I think it almost works better as a tone poem. Yeah. Like if I if I'm less concerned about the mechanics of it and just kind of have this experience and float with it. It's really mesmerizing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, it's a evocative. Like, yeah. You've got the, like, scenes with the axe. And the, like I said, the audio design. Like, and then the, the gaze of the main character is very often, like, he's, he's appearing under the influence because of his mental stability. Yeah. It's just all of these things are, like... Is that working for you? How about John? Oh, it does work for me. Yeah. I think I, it... It's another one where I'm like, I, there are just a few scenes where I want him to dial down, but again, like five, ten percent. Okay. And I don't, maybe that's wrong though. Maybe this movie needs that. I liked punch. it because it was, it was making the rest of the film feel uh, like uh, off balance. Like I, I liked that the rest of the film. Everyone's talking about sparkle motion, and like <laughs> it's all like 
this cherry, but it's not like on the nose. It's just reminding you that everyone else is going about their lives in a very like average mundane, you know, like everyday kind of way. And then his life is punctuated with like a, a metal headed giant bunny rabbit. And you know, like all of these like actually crazy things are happening either to him or from him. Sure. And you're like, I kind of enjoyed his looking out of place in the film for that reason. But okay, was that's it too, fair. Was it too much? Maybe. No, but no. I it's think, the. I think it fit for me. It, it's just it's such a minor qualm because I he needs to look out of place and he is very very far out of place. The actor that Jake Gyllenhaal is today with the twenty years of experience, I think goes just a little quieter. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's but he wouldn't be playing a teenager. <laughs> yeah, Teenagers are fucking like that. So yeah. I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, I think he's incredible. So yeah, performance wise, is there a soft spot? I don't think so. No, I think the the even like the the girls of Sparkle Motion, the little like seven year olds, yeah. they're nailing it. They're yeah. perfect. Like the kind of clumsy dancing that seven, totally. you know, like I kind of they're just not not quite quite on with but, each other. But they're all. Good enough, because yeah, that's yeah. what seven or eight-year-olds are like. <laughs> just... And she also has that moment when she catches Donnie in the bathroom, and mm. she asks about him. Yeah. She's convincingly worried. That's yeah. a solid performance. Oh, yeah, so there are some beautiful cuts in this film. Yeah. So that, <laughs> one, that one where he's in the classroom building up tension with the teacher about yeah. the stupid stuff she's trying to teach like force on him <laughs> smash cut to the principal's office and then just as he he like he breathes in turns to her and then splash cut to <laughs> splash cut it's to really good smash cut to him his name being said by the principal that's what it is and it's like Donnie yeah what exactly did you and it's like <laughs> Yeah, um, it's so good. And then exactly the same with the girl catching him talking to Frank in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. He's talking, and it's getting real like weird and a little bit like I can't remember if that's the knife scene, but it's it's Isn't like it? it's like that. You know, it's very odd. Yeah. And then she snaps him out of it, but it's very like very clever, like just kind of because I'm right in there at the moment, like thinking, "Wow, this is so weird and so like spooky." And then, boom, she talks and it all snaps back and the audio changes back mm-hmm. and everything's like... But it's not... I don't know. It's done well. It's done with, like... Yeah, subtlety, sometimes. Because you could you could do that really, like, the colours change and the noise is all... But it's... I barely noticed that the audio changed. Okay. I, I don't Maybe. see it as subtly no, as you do, but it's... Really well balanced, balanced really well maybe crafted. It's so that it does. It never feels like it's punching you in no, the face. It, it, that might be it. I, I think it's not subtle, but it's more. It feels, yeah, crafted. It feels like it's all intended and everything's yeah. done well. And it's not like like a student film would do it, where everything is overblown and it. Oh, I right. Don't know. No, I. I I largely agree. I, hmm. I I do think that there's and, and maybe it's just a. I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna back off on that. Yeah. My gut says take it down a little bit, but I love this movie, so yeah. probably don't because yeah. you know I don't. I didn't make this movie. What do I fucking know? No, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. 
I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I love this thing. Like, so. Yeah, it was really... I'll tell you what, I was grinning multiple times through watching the film. I was just like... It's just really caught funny. myself just really enjoying like moments of the film and just <laughs> being like in there. You know, James, I have never questioned your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of want to, just so I can accuse you yeah, of it. That's it. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. And she's amazing, too. I can't think of her name right offhand, but I, she's somebody that I met one time in L.A. Oh, nice. Yeah, and she was actually... Ha- <laughs> she was with another character actor of a very similar ilk, and I was just like, what? You guys are both incredible. What is happening right now? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. I don't actually know lots that she's in, but I can picture her, I think. She's in every The Americans. Probably. I think she was like... I think she was in the TV show The Americans, and if she was, she did an amazing job in that. So, yeah. I have I've to look her. her up, but she's done a ton of stuff. I don't want to get too... Okay, I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. Have you read... Either of the pieces of literature that this thing's kind of working no. on. I haven't, I haven't read either of them either. I don't know. What the, the Destructors is a short story by Graham Greene. And it is really? It's a real thing. He's a okay. real author. Um, yeah. And w- Watership Down. Oh, yeah. So, sorry, I have read Watership Down. Okay. Okay. That's so, a classic in, I guess, the Commonwealth. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's, it's humanity referenced through rabbits in a warren. A warren? Uh, like rabbit hutch. Like okay, rabbit, okay. rabbit burrow. A place where they live. Yeah, little dugout place where they live. Okay. Um, they get gassed out of their thing and heaps of them die. Then they go on the run and then other things are trying to kill them. Oh, but shit. it's like, it's real brutal. Yeah, it sounds yeah, like Yeah, it. super brutal story about... And you're kind of... um, They're all anthropomorphized. Uh, so they're all talking. Sure. And they all have names and they all like... And so when they're getting gassed or eaten by, or beaten to death by other more feral rabbits, like it's, you're feeling it. It's Hmm. quite dark, Hmm. but it was kind of, um, where does this, where does it end up? That's where I'm, basically I remember the start and then they run away and then they meet, they go to a farm. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember if they, they, they find it. They're basically trying to find a new place to live, but it's, it's met with okay with trouble everywhere they go. Interesting. But the story of the house. So that's an interesting um, book. Then short story. Yeah. I, again, I haven't read either of no. them. And then there's a there's a quote from that short story on the board the first time they're discussing mm. it, and I couldn't get all of it, but I I have some of it here what does it say jesus sorry this is bad audio but the quote is about the house still standing and then something about the way that things crash i I couldn't get all of it okay and so i guess i'm hearing some of that about watership down like their hutch probably still exists but they can't live there anymore the rabbits i mean right yeah and same thing Donnie Darko like that house still exists but he can't live at all anymore yeah so I don't you know I don't have enough knowledge of these pieces of material to really talk about them but I just am trying to pull something together that'd be quite cool if it's saying like the structure's still there but the ability to live in isn't 
and that's kind of the 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 universe model where it's like right you can't live here anymore right it's still kind of here but you can't live here and um that's kind of what it's i don't know i yeah i like all the like echoes of like the time travel stuff where everything is repeating like for later on you it calls back to elements from earlier like in the class they were learning about something and then it comes up later or sure. you know those things sure. the cellar door the, yeah yeah, the well, yeah that, that's all the that's all my feeling of the universe putting things into the past yeah totally so it's going you need to read this bit and then tell him this in this classroom. You need to burn this down so then the, the mum right. has to go on the flight because the mum has to be on the aeroplane. And like just trying to get everyone back into the places where they should have been. So let's let's dive back <laughs> into this because I have some I have some things. Yeah. Um it is it's the mother's airplane that crashes. Yes, yeah. right? It's yeah. Um uh, I want to circle back to their relationship. The uh, so we commented on it while we were watching the movie when Jenna Maloney, 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 um, first comes in and Drew Barrymore tells her to sit next to the cutest boy or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. And then it's not till later on in the movie, and again, only on this viewing that I got the sense. I'm I'm wondering if you feel the same way. She's a living manipulator. Yeah. Right. And is Noah Wiley also? Noah is... Uh, her boyfriend, the other teacher, the guy from ER. Ah, uh, maybe, maybe, because, because they he's have got the that, book. Right, and they've got that like, conversation. The book? Oh, yeah, Where and they're talking and about... Like, Donnie Darko, Donnie huh? Darko, what? yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's so good. I hadn't actually put that... I was like, what are they talking about with Donnie? But that's it. I think they yeah, know so also. they're the living manipulators, and the, the dead manipulators are... Um, the unloving ones are right. like Donnie, basically. <laughs> Donnie? No, isn't he the... What, there's another term oh, no, for that's him. Right. He's, He's the, the like, traveler the, yeah. something. No, you're right. But the, the Frank was different. Frank. And then, so what do you think about uh, uh, Gretchen? Gretchen. She had, but... Technically. Right? Dies, yeah. But so then. I have only a question about her because we don't get to see her dream. Right? Like everybody else that would be affected by this. And so even like the psychiatrist might be a living yeah. manipulator. Even Swayze could be a living manipulator because of the way that they come into conflict with each other. But we... I, I feel like they're used. They're like artifacts. Like they're used okay. by the universe. Yeah. But to they do don't the know. things. But... And, and the universe is kind of like maybe quietly riding a wrong every now and then to like... <laughs> you know, like it's, it's going... We need a way to get this lady to not go on the trip. We need this other lady to go on the trip. And then, like, right. so the it's kind of Deus Ex Machina, which they mention in yeah, the story. Yeah, they totally do. It's the universe acting on itself to, to fix the wrongs. So the universe is going, all right, I need this, and I also hate this guy. <laughs> so we'll burn his house down and put him in jail, and that'll solve another problem for me. But that doesn't happen. That's not the fix, no, and that's where I end up. But in in the tangent universe, it is the fix, right? But that's that's non consequential because the tangent universe can't survive. No, like no, if yeah. if that solution persists, everything ends. Yeah, but if you hate someone, 
even if the consequence doesn't isn't lasting, you'd still. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, think, I would punish I, him. That's what I mean. I think the universe is going. I need this guy, <laughs> and I've got a chance to do it. <laughs> okay, and they just do it. Okay, so it's not about from the universe's perspective. It's not about justice. For Patrick Swayze, or like a yeah. bringing Swayze it's to justice, just, it's about I want to see this guy yeah. suffer a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's and I got a shot at it. It's like I just get to feel okay. the goodness of just. You know what? I really like that. Yeah, I get that. I I'll buy it. <laughs> okay. So they do know. Yeah, I end up with some questions I, I, about I, the who knows and who doesn't, oh and God. so I guess this would be a good point to circle back to the mother. How do you feel about her at the end? How, what do you think about her? What's your read on her as a character? Oh, so I didn't... I mean, I basically took her as a good mum. Oh, she's a great mum. So, like, basically just, just that, though. Like, what okay. was your... Okay, because, yeah, I'm not... There's I, not very much depth with the mum relationship. I think the dad was possibly inflicted with the same problems that Donnie had as a child. He says, I used to be crazy. Yeah. You're not crazy. Yeah. And I think he's... I think he's... Like, okay. I used to be crazy. You're not crazy. And like, But I think they both are crazy, but they, like, don't see... Interesting. And whereas with her, I hadn't actually thought about it. What have you, what have you got with, with the mom? So I'll draw back a step to say that I do love the Donnie and his father's relationship. I yep. love that his dad kind of is laughing at, with Donnie the whole time. And is like, yeah, fuck these people. And, you know, <laughs> fuck them. That's, you're right. Yeah. But the I'm really, really touched by his relationship with his mother. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the film. When, you know, they have that moment before she leaves and he asks her how, how oh, it feels. Really good. Good answer. It's I a good that answer. Beautiful answer. But the, the unspoken stuff that they're both mm-hmm. doing it is powerhouse, man. Yeah. That's what, I mean, because she's, she's saying that, but she's heartbroken. Yeah. And Tears he in knows her eyes. that. Yeah. But he also knows that she means it. Yeah. And he comes around and they just, they their love is very... Uh, present but yeah. also very honest and, and real yeah. and the way that she's separated from the rest of the family in those last shots where you know it's the father and the two remaining kids are standing together crying and she's off by the side smoking a cigarette we've never seen her smoke before we've never yeah. seen anybody smoke in this movie no. and it's you know fair that's she's going through some stuff maybe that's just how she's handling grief but she's visually she's been separated yeah. right and then she has that moment of connection with Gretchen Gretchen yeah. and at this point they don't know each other but I you know I think it plays just like, like I was saying the whole movie echoes of the tangent come through into the new into the universe maybe or maybe she knows they, and she's she is a living manipulator I think I think when they when at that point, when that all happens, they talk about waking up from the tangent universe, right, right. and sometimes you receive echoes, you right. receive feelings, and then the therapist jolts awake because she just remembered that she had somebody who was about to kill someone. You know, like so yeah, in, oh, yeah. her, in her head, that's the jolting up. It's like, oh man, one of my people are about to kill someone. But it's now 30 days earlier and it's all, you know, it's it, the memories from some other time. 
And I think maybe the mum... So she's just the, kind of just dealing with that. Yeah. And I think I think that's And that's fair. where the Gretchen moment happens is because they're I, both just kind of both loving Donnie in different ways. Sure. Because they both had like love for Donnie mm-hmm. at that last moment. Mm-hmm. And then they get snapped back 30 de- days. Yeah. But I honestly stand by the fact that there is no loop at that point. Well, that he decided to close the loop. Right, because because he's been given by the universe a chance to, to live on, but then the universe, it, it has to be closed. Right. So, okay. But I, I think we're just saying semantic right. stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, so he closed the loop. A closed loop is still a loop. It's no, no, like, I'm saying finished it. I think that loop was there, but then all the people we saw at the end were going out the end of the loop. And would continue on in a straight line for the universe. Like, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. they don't loop back around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't dispute that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they're they're on a different trajectory. The universe has resolved itself. Yep. Everything is right in the world. That, I'm that satisfied with that. Keeps, yeah. Yeah, that's all good. Okay. I, so, yeah, I think the point that I was going to make is that I, oh, I might be reading the mother as a manipulator just... On strength of performance. Yeah, very good, yeah. Because they're so, so, so good. Interesting reaction shot from, is it Charita Chen? Is that right? Yeah. I wonder if she was in more of this movie. Not uh, Charita, but her mom. When Charita does that dance, yeah, and then they do a reaction shot to the woman in the crowd who is like one of the dance moms. Yeah. She's a, another um, comic actress uh, who's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And for that to be the first time in the movie, I'm just like, oh, I wonder if there's, there might be a little more plot there that we're missing. Oh, okay. But I don't know. It's just a thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got that she secretly loved Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's another one that's like literally written out. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I didn't get what her, yeah, I don't get what her story was other than it showed a lot of compassion from Donnie because otherwise Donnie was kind of a chaotic character. But every now and then, Donnie would be like, hey, leave her alone. Or like, don't worry, things get lots better later. And you know, like all these moments where he's just like, he's seeing that she's having trouble and he's like, look, despite all my trouble, don't okay. worry. You know, like... Do you think that's just a way for us as an audience to... Made, no, I mean, that's like what, him? It, that's what it, it did for me, was that it showed like sincerity and humanity in him. But you're right, that's a really big part to just write in for that tool so like there must be something yeah i think so too because she also she gets a moment by herself with that insane statue after that dance performance oh yeah where we're we have you know we as audience members get to reflect on just her what she's been through and her experience in this yeah i don't know yeah, that's that feels like an outstanding piece for me. I'm not quite sure yeah. where that's at. It, it also, in terms of outstanding pieces, the do you have a read on the portrait in the psychiatrist's office? Is that meaningful to you? Oh. just because it's featured a couple of times throughout the scenes in the naked the person office. sitting. No, it's um, it's sort of like a tessellated abstract of oh. a profile of, a, I believe, a woman's face. Okay. And then right as the loop closes, that image is one of the cascading images oh. that we see. But it gets a full screen at the end. Okay. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just had a question. 
Fair enough. Also, big ups to the Arrow Theater. The uh, this is is this in Virginia? This I saw a Virginia license plate at one point. But the theater that they go into, at least the exterior of it, is the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Which is a really cool kind of repertory theater. Yeah. I used to work with this group called American Cinematheque, and I worked at the Egyptian. Um, so we did all the historic screenings there. Okay. Like original print kind of stuff yeah like, like yeah like we did I, I got to see Lawrence of Arabia in the original 70 <laughs> there and so the, the partner was the Arrow Theater and they did a lot more like them and Gremlins oh, and uh, you know all, all sorts of ne- newer classics yeah. you know so but I didn't get, didn't get to work on that side as much I would have loved to but it was cool to see him this kind of I guess it speaks to what we were talking about, but at one point, Noah Wiley, the science teacher, he tells Donnie Darko that like his is his premise is flawed or like you're con- contradicting yourself. Yeah, and his assertion is that if you know the future, you can change the future. Yeah, and I don't feel like that's true. No, no, I think that was. Donnie's experience of it was he's looking at the arrows, but he knows he can't. He doesn't even attempt to diverge away from his arrow. Like he's like, that's my arrow. That's where I'm off to, and that's exactly where I want to go. So he he's experiencing it and just kind of getting annoyed that he's saying, you know, if you know, you could go away from it. And okay. He's like he's like he starts getting angry, and then the, he's like, I can't talk anymore about this. And it's because I can't talk about religion in school, right? Is that what? Because oh. I took it. I took it as I had you're a talking there. about the you're talking about the like the the will of God. I can't talk to you about the will of God as a, as a probably mm. not very religious science teacher with a you know because he's with the girl who's quite like right. question authority. So it's all very. Interesting. I didn't read it that way. And okay. I don't know why that would cause him to lose his job. Okay. That's, uh, I just took that that way. But I wonder if he knows, Noah Wiley knows, is a oh, living yeah. manipulator. Maybe he's lying to Donnie. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, no, I can't tell you this because if I do... It'll change. The it might change shit. And I really need you to die. Yeah. So maybe that's what's going on there. Yeah. I like the living manipulator answer there. Like, I like that that they're almost... They're either conscious or... They're either fully conscious of what's going on or, like, semi-conscious. Right, or at least being used somehow. Yeah. But, but the, again, that moment with just the two teachers... Talking about like him is really aware, odd, right? yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously, Roberta Sparrow... Because there's also... There's that line about... Most people will just take it as a dream, but some people are wrecked by the experience. Mm. Yeah. So I think there are people that remember it. Well, that was it, right? Because she was a nun, and then she woke up one day and wrote an entire book on time travel, and then went crazy. Right. Right? She was like a nun. No, she was a nun, then a teacher. Oh, was she? I think that's what he said. Okay, so nun, teacher, and then she went crazy, wrote a book on on time travel, and and just started looking in her mailbox, which is like a, you know, like like you said, I think it's a 
a closed time loop that she got out of, but she it she remembered everything. She, she didn't have to die for it, but she remembered, and it drove drove her insane. What is where her memory comes from? Yeah, yeah, separate one. It happens all the time. Yeah, fair enough. I like the. Um, do you feel like the opening, the very opening, when Donnie wakes up on that hillside, is that before, is that just straight linearity? I think that's the, you know when he's talking about how they want to show kids, instead of darkness, they want to show them beautiful imagery mm-hmm. to replace all the sadness or darkness with something beautiful. I think that's the universe doing it for him, where they're going... You can't be where you need to, where you're meant to be. I'm gonna move you out somewhere beautiful with a sleepwalk, and you're gonna be sitting here. On, like so, he wakes up next to his bike in a beautiful vista, and that was kind of like what I was talking about with the echoes. Like the whole way through the film, they just talk about these things that seem to have happened before or will happen again later, or you know, like they. And that's what I took that as, like, the universe giving him something pretty to look at, something beautiful, like. Sure, I, I love that thematically. My question is more, does that take place in like the universe prime before the fracture? Is that just our troubled Donnie, you know? No. I think that's... Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying it was already happening always. And then the split happens bef- like during that. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm asking. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm really I'm asking okay, where in this story that scene takes so place. So I took it as he was going to die here. The universe puts him aside, like and gives shows him thirty days of him continuing to live. So it's like I understand hey, all that. That's so not like, my question. Oh no, I'm just meaning like so he was meant to be in bed. The universe moved him to the hillside. So he but wasn't that happens, going to no, I'm t- So that is my question. Do you think this the opening shot of the movie happens after the jet engine falls through his room? Or is the opening shot of the movie that morning? And then he walks back into the kitchen. He sees the, you know, where's Donnie written on the board. Yeah. And then they have dinner that night, and then he gets into a fight with his mom, and then the engine comes through. Oh, I see. No, no, yeah, that, that's how I... Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. I think I, I'm remembering it wrong. Yeah, I think it is just him pre, pre-split. I think so, too. I think we're just meant to believe that he's a troubled kid at that point, and that yeah. he's sleepwalking. Well, he's, he's got heaps of history of yeah because that is all happening he's already on therapy he's already on pills right all of that's existing before all of this which we find out are placebos yeah which again leads me to believe that the she's a living the psychiatrist is a living manipulated Mm -hmm. manipulator I just maybe she's not super active because Frank is obviously a manipulator but he doesn't dead manipulator oh that's right so he's a he's a dead body sent back through just through the like the little snippets that come up, he's the dead manipulator because he's dead. Right. And then his. Yeah. Okay. yeah. This is such a dumb question. I'm like, what is the difference between what a dead manipulator can do and what a living manipulator yeah. can do? But I love that they built this whole like structure to it all. You know, like, and they and they 
They don't explain it all. They just go, yeah, you know, living manipulator, and then they just move on. And like, and there's all these things that are kind of they just pretend like you're meant to already know about it. Well, it, I mean, that book does a lot of heavy lifting for us. I actually kind of like it as a world building exercise because, you know, in a worse movie, there would be so that it would be more conversations with the science teacher about yeah. like, oh, this is, you know, somebody explaining all sorts of time travel yeah. stuff to you that doesn't make sense. And so I really like that as a device because it can just like, it can just give drop us the a rules. page yeah. and they do it as chapters as you go along and each chapter kind of fits to where the scene right. of the movie is but then also just helps you move along Well, they also, so that brings me back to my question about the opening scene because the chapter order in the movie that we see, it goes like one, two, nine, four. Like it definitely, oh, does it, it jump jumps in? way forward and then it jumps way back oh, at okay. a certain point. I don't remember exactly what the chapter headings are, but I was like, oh, that's, you know. I, was okay. I missed that again, it. yeah. Well, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the director is is fun. I think he has fun with all of this. I think I think so, too. I think he, he enjoys making films, at least these ones that we've watched. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Right on. Like, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I want from filmmaking these days. I do, too. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I'm... It's one that I don't ever, like, I don't want to just, like, throw it on. No. But every time I watch it, I, I, you know, taking something new out of it, at least. Yeah. And it, it feels, it does feel really authentic in its strangeness. Yeah. It feels like these are things that he was kind of obsessed with, maybe experienced and was just kind of maybe trying to process. Yeah. But the thing that comes out is really really engaging yeah and there's so much talent I was yeah I think that might be the thing that I took away more this time than any other screenings just the performances are amazing all the way around yeah really like it yeah really ambitious filmmaker yeah and uh can't wait to see actually I just I read something today that he has a script for the Darko universe, but he claims it's going to be much bigger and much more ambitious. So I don't know if that's maybe the thing that he was referencing on that podcast that I was talking oh, about. Oh, okay. But I'm really excited to see more Richard Kelly stuff. And yeah. It's... yeah, regardless. I'm just excited to see it, but man, Southland would have been <laughs> ridiculous if he, if, he, if he went that way. If, if the show or TV show or oh, next I would, film God, I would love to see a it. Southland Tales season <laughs> God, I would absolutely love it I'm so glad that you don't hate that movie no I don't at all man it's a very weird movie but it just did it, it yeah did something for me I did want to throw out one piece of trivia you, I think you brought it up earlier when we were screening you talked about how it didn't you didn't see it in theaters it didn't make it oh yeah so it didn't uh, this movie came out in October 2001 yeah um, and it is centered on a plane crash um, and the promotional materials very heavily feature plane wreckage uh, and so it was sort of like oh we gotta yank this we, we can't do that right now uh, and so yeah all the promotional materials got pulled for it and it just it got a release but it never because that was it talking with my 
friends like we just went and saw this film or we got it or i think we just found it in a movie hiring place well you see we that cover it. with just the rabbit head yeah we're like oh, let's just watch this give it a go and it was just so not what i was expecting and because i had no prior knowledge or any trailers seen or anything it was very impressive like just a very visceral experience again like just kind of go in and it just blew our minds with great yeah I, I so i think ultimately i come away this time feeling less mind blown and less like oh what is happening here like i said it, it does feel really overt yeah, he's he's being very clear with us. Oh, yeah. what's happening? And he paints the story four or five times. Like, yeah, he's like this is what I'm doing. Like, yeah, but it's but it's so well constructed that if you're not watching it very actively, it can still be entirely mystifying. And even if you know where you're headed, and you're not mystified by it, it's still just really solidly that. built. Yeah, it's. But I think the mind blowing thing for me was what is this film? was really like not 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 like what are they saying or where are they going like you know what's the magical thing happening like I kind of got the plot I feel but what I didn't was like where was another movie like this one like when I watched this movie in like 2002 there's no other movies like this one coming out at the same time I don't know if there are other this is, this a, is that's what I mean like so I came I watched put this movie on and I was like oh I see it's a teen movie and then the jet engine and the crazy rabbit. And you're like, okay, wait, now what is this? And then, like, the, the weird tone shifts where it's, like, it's kind of, like, a bit spooky sometimes. But then it's also quite, like, loving. And then, I, I it's, don't know. I found it's it. very moody, but it's very high-key. Yeah. Like, almost soap opera lighting. Yeah. It's so even and yeah. bright. Yeah. It's, uh, so, everything's in the daylight. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and what it, doesn't somebody say that? A daylight hallucination? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the psychiatrist tells him, he, or maybe tells the parents he's having daylight hallucinations. I was yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean? But you're right, the whole thing is daylight. Yeah. So it is this yeah, contrast that I really enjoy. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Hey, good, good fun. All right.